0: Psalms 20, we're going to look at verse 7 this evening. Uh, Samurai Roley was a uh, football player. He played cornerback for the Tennessee Titans. And he had a, a real kind of crazy superstition. He believed that if he slept on his unwashed game shirt... The day before the game, it was going to be good luck. They were going to win. And so he had this, he did this for 11 seasons, 11 years, never washed it. His quote was, it doesn't smell too bad. (laughs) People in life will trust in all sorts of things. They'll put their trust, their confidence, or their boasting in why things happen in numbers of things. And I want to consider with you, in what do you trust? Psalms 20 verse 7. It says, some nations trust our boast of their chariots and horses. But we boast in the name of the Lord. Our God. The amplified version of this says, Some trust in and boast of chariots and some of horses. But we will trust in and boast of the name of the Lord, our God. I want to talk to you firstly about false confidences that people have. People will trust in all sorts of things. And we're seeing this right now, especially in the financial realm of the rocking and rolling of banks failing and all sorts of things that are happening and people are panicking they say in the stock market and in wall street there are just two emotions that rule the day one is greed and the other is fear that in the that at the end of the work day the issue is either were you greedy or were you afraid and we see this happening people trust in All sorts of things. Money is probably number one. And your money, although money is not bad, it's not the place to put a confidence in. Money is a tool. That's all it is. If you treat it as a tool, you'll understand it. If you treat it as a goal, you'll be very frustrated by it. There was a parable that Jesus told in Luke chapter 12 of a rich man... He had fertile farm and produced fine crops. He said to himself, what shall I do? I don't have room for all my crops. He said, I know. I'll tear down my barns and build bigger ones. And I'll have room enough to store my wheat and other goods. I'll sit back and say to myself, my friend, you have had enough stored away for years to come. Now take it easy, eat, drink, and be merry. But God will say to him, you fool, you will die this very night and then... Who will get everything you've worked for? Yes, a person is a fool who stores up earthly wealth, but does not have a rich relationship with God. And so people trust in money. They think if I just had a little bit more, I'd be happy. If I just had a little bit more, I'd be satisfied. But in this kind of economy, and when you see things happening this way, you see their faith shaken. My confidence is not in the almighty dollar, it's in the almighty God. One man wrote, Money can buy you a house, but not a home. Money can buy you a bed, but not sleep. Money can buy you a clock, but not time. Money can buy you a book, but not knowledge. Money can buy you food, but not an appetite. Money can buy you a position, but not respect. Money can buy you blood, but not life. Money can buy you medicine, but not health. Money can buy you sex, but not love. Money can buy you insurance, but not safety. Money is not everything. And so in life, there are people who trust in money. Paul writes uh, to Timothy, and he says uh, in First Timothy six seventeen: "...teach those who are rich in this world not to be proud, nor to trust in their money, which is so unreliable." They should trust, their trust should be in God who richly gives us all we need for our enjoyment. There are others who trust in their abilities. They think, well, they, if they can do it, they'll trust in their, how long they've done something, how good they are at doing something, they'll trust in their own reputation and abilities. The problem with that is that In yourself, you're very limited. Jeremiah 17, verse 5, this is what the Lord says, Cursed are those who put their trust in mere humans, who rely on human strength and turn their hearts away from the Lord. There's a few things you can learn. There's a few things you'll be able to do. But you can't do everything and principally in life, there are many things in life that you need God's help in. Number one and foremost that comes to mind is relationships. You may be talented in all sorts of different ways, but you know, marriage is two selfish people trying to learn to live together. That's going to take some work. That's going to take some It's going to take a miracle. That's going to take God moving in our lives in a way that is beyond just the normal and people who put their trust in their own abilities are often very, very disappointed. Proverbs twenty-eight, twenty-six: Those who trust in their own insight are foolish, but any, anyone who walks in wisdom is safe. Others have put their trust in institutions or other people and they'll be let down. It was D.L. Moody who said, trust in yourself and you're doomed to disappointment. Trust in your friends and they will die and leave you. Trust in your reputation and some slanderous tongue may blast it. Trust in God and you'll never be confounded in time or eternity. Martin Luther said these words, I have held many things in my hand and lost them all. But whatever I placed in God's hands. I still possess. Psalms 146 in verse 3. Do not put your confidence in powerful people. There is no one there to help you. Psalms 118. It's better to take refuge in the Lord than to trust in princes. There's people they trust in institutions. They trust in other people. And that will let them down. That will fail them. That will cause them problems later. Our text tells us that some trust in horses and in chariots. They boast, this is what's going to help me. This would be the equivalent of trusting in tanks and F-35s or whatever we're up to. F-48s or whatever. What are we up to? F Whatever it is. Right, that they're, they putting your whole trust in that is not going to be enough. There's an amazing statistic that I've read: forty percent, forty percent of wars have been won by the weaker of the two in the conflict. If you don't believe that, modern days, Afghanistan beat the Russians, the Soviets. And to some degree, Vietnam beat the Americans. Arguably or unarguably, the two most powerful nations on the planet back in the 70s and 80s. And they lost to these small nations. And this happens 40% of the time. We have to learn to trust God. God. Proverbs 3, 5 and 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not depend on your own understanding. Seek his will in all that you do and he will show you which path to take. Trusting trusting God is something you learn. It's something you have to be, one, willing to learn. You have to be willing to say, God, I don't understand how this will work out. But I will believe you at your word. Because when you trust in your abilities or your money, you will say, God, I don't need your word. I don't need your help. We all learn to trust. We learn to trust a bank teller that we've never met with our paycheck. That it will be deposited in our, our account. We learn to trust the institution of the bank that actually they'll give us back our money when we ask for it. Say, well, there's laws. Yeah, but we've learned to trust that. We've learned to trust our cars that when we get in the car and push on our brakes, the car will stop. I don't know if you've ever been in a car and pushed on the brakes and it didn't stop, but it's a little frightening. It's actually very frightening. We learn to trust in all sorts of things in life. We can learn to trust God. The great blessing is when we do trust God for His blessing, His provision, His protection, His guidance, His strength, and His help. But to trust God means that you have to then rely. The term trust God The Lord, lean not to your own understanding. It's actually putting pressure on. It's the thought of actually saying, this will support me. That if I'm like this, I don't have to worry that this is going to fall. I know it's going to support me. God is going to take care of us and trust us. It's a learned thing. 1988, the uh, Winter Olympics featured blind skiers now, blind skiers being trained for the slalom in skiing is pretty amazing. It sounds impossible, but they were paired with sighted skiers. And the blind skiers were taught that on the flats how to make the right turns and the left turns. When they mastered that they were taken to the solemn slopes where they were where the slighted partners skied beside them, shouting left and right. And they obeyed, uh, and as they obeyed the command, they were able to negotiate the course and cross the finish line. It depending solely on the sighted skier's word. It was either complete trust or a, a total wipeout. That's how you learn to trust God. You take him at his word. His word said, wives submit. But that's not what I want to do. I'm smarter than him. You might be smarter than him. No, let me rephrase that. You probably are smarter than him. But you have to trust God that he knows actually what's better. Paying your tithe. That 90% is actually greater than 100%? Yes. Why? I don't You just trust, and you find out it's true. The great picture of what we need, we're blind when it comes to the future. How many of us know what's going to happen next week? You might have plans, but there's all sorts of things that might happen. None of us have that crystal ball, if you will. And yet God says... Trust me. Trust me, and I'll take care of you. Good times, bad times. John 16, 13. And when the Spirit of truth comes, He will guide us in all truth. He will not speak of His own, but He will tell you of what He's heard when He tells you about the future. The Holy Spirit will guide us. I remember when I was a young convert. I had just gotten saved. I got saved in July between my graduation from high school and uh, I was going to attend uh, the community college there on Cape Cod. And as I did the first semester, God began to deal with me that that was not what I needed to do. I needed to trust Him. And would I leave my studies? And I did. Now, I'm not saying that's for everybody, but that was for me. I remember there was, before my wife was saved, there was another young girl I was very interested in. I'd pray and God would say, no, not her. And I argued with God. I remember being in my bedroom, arguing with God. No, God, but there's nobody. You know, Am I glad? Oh, believe me, I'm glad today. Thank God for unanswered prayers. There are some prayers that are unanswered that I am so grateful they are go unanswered. When we first got married, I was making just $6 and 25 cents an hour. And in 1988, that was a little above minimum wage, not greatly amount. And we weren't going to make it. It's like, and my wife's home and she's... Uh, home and and she had left her job we felt she had told me I feel like I need to leave my job when we get married and we did that we're praying we're like God uh there's there's a lot of month left at the end of the money how's this all going to work out we knew that God had said no don't and not three weeks after we were married a couple weeks after we married I can't remember two pastor Kempo asked us to go on staff God knows the future, but can you trust Him? In the good times and in the bad. This has to do with learning to hear His voice. If you're going to trust Him, you have to know what He sounds like. You have to know who He is. You have to know His voice. John 10, 1-4, I tell you the truth, anyone who sneaks over the wall of the sheepfold, rather than going through the gate, surely must be a thief and a robber. But the ones who entered through the gate is the shepherd of the sheep. The gatekeeper opens the gate for him, and the sheep recognize his voice and come to him. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out and gathers the flo- his own flock, and he walks ahead of them, and they follow him because of his- they know his voice what they would do at night because of simple logistics they would gather the sheep together and put them in one pen and one man would stay literally he would be the gatekeeper or the gate for all the sheep and in the morning the shepherds would come and they would call their and their sheep would go to them And I was fascinated by that. Always had heard about that. Fascinated by that. When we were living in Ireland, a man had had 26 26 sheep, not 26 sheep, but 26 sheep stolen. And it was very interesting because that's exactly what a trailer for sheep hold. They wouldn't actually have gathered them in at night. They would leave them in the field and someone came and stole them. And this was on a uh, I believe it was on a Sunday night or a Monday night, and so he had, he was a little distraught. He went to the Kerry, the County Kerry, uh, like auction house. And as he's walking through, he's talking, and one of the, his little lambs comes up and rubs against him. Recognized his voice. They caught the men who stole these sheep and, uh, arrested them and uh, st- found out in Ireland it's actually a big problem. God wants us to learn to recognize his voice. His voice. A lot of voices out there. How many know we can disguise our voice and sounds a lot like God? We speaketh in King James languageth, and we say, this is the Lordeth. And it's really my willeth is what it is. It's me speaking. God won't contradict His Word. The Bible. He doesn't contradict the Bible. There's people who, they hear from God. You know what? God told me I should divorce my wife and move to, that's not God. I can guarantee you 100% that's not God. God says, I hate divorce. Sometimes it's necessary, but most of the time, he hates it. Understanding the voice of God, that still, small voice that speaks to hearts. Some people will pray, we've got a revival coming up in about a month, and oh, I hope I get a word. Well, yeah, but could God speak to you in the stillness of your heart? While you're reading his word? That's how you learn to trust him. You have to learn first to hear his voice. What is God saying? I don't know why. I can't exactly explain it. But I know my wife's walk, I know her gait. I can be in a store. She can be coming around the corner. I can hear that gate, and I know it's her coming. You train your ear. You can do that to hear the voice of God. Our text says that we will boast or trust in the name of the Lord. Barnes' note says the meaning of this, we will not forget that our reliance is not on armies, but on, the, uh, but on God, the living God. Whatever instrumentally we enjoy, employ, we will remember that our hope is in God and that He only can give us success. If we're going to do that, we have to remember who He is. Do you know God's faithful? We serve a faithful God. God. There was a pilot who had gotten in trouble and he had to make a a landing rather quickly and rapidly. And they had said to use this particular runway, but the pilot objected and he said, but there's a pole on that runway. And the answer came back from the tower, you take care of the instructions, we'll take care of the obstructions. Ordered that pole removed and the pilot landed safely. Same is true with the children of God. We can give our objections on why we shouldn't do what God told us or why we should do something He told us not to do. We can theologically twist certain things to come up with answers that we want. But if we'll simply just believe God is faithful. 1 Corinthians 1.9 God will do this for he is faithful to do what he says and he has invited you into partnership with his son Jesus Christ our Lord. You have to keep him in the forefront of your mind. What you trust in is what you'll think about. Isaiah 26, 3, you will keep in perfect peace all who trust in you, all whose thoughts are fixed on you. Keeping God before us in the decisions of life, when it comes to financial decisions, when it comes to relationship decisions, when it comes to different major decisions we make in life, to keep God in our mind, what would God have us do? They had these bracelets back in the 90s, WWJD, what would Jesus do? And then that got all mocked, you know, some wear it because they watch too much HTV, what would Joanne do? And you know, all these kinds of things. And so it's like, whatever. But if you keep God fixed in your mind, you'll trust Him. You'll remember Him. You make bad decisions in life, typically because you forget God. God decisions are never regretted. Selfish decisions are often very regretted. Psalms 37, 3-5. Trust in the Lord and do good. Then He will safely, you will live safely in the land and prosper. Take delight in the Lord and He will give you your heart's desires. Commit everything you do to the Lord. Trust Him and He will Help you. Probably the most difficult times is when we either can't see or we're going through a problem. Those are the times that trusting God can be the most difficult, the most unsure. To hang in there to say God's going to help us when we can't see the end. That's kind of the hardest times. When it's the end is not sure. When there are other voices telling you you should go a different way or do a different thing. Those are the difficult times to trust God. But if you'll boast, God is going to help us. God's going to do it. Hebrews six ten through 12. For God is not unjust. He will not forget how hard you've worked for him and have shown your love to him by caring for other believers, as you still do. Our great desire is that you keep on loving others as long as life lasts in order to make certain that, you're, uh, that what you hope for will come true. Then you, will be, uh, not become, uh, then you will not become spiritually dull or indifferent. Instead, you will follow the example of those who are going to inherit God's promises because of their faith and endurance. You know, this is speaking of some of the fathers and mothers of our faith, if you will. Abraham and Sarah received a promise 25 years before it was fulfilled. Some people, if it takes 25 minutes, they're already anxious. Never mind 25 years. There were times where they had to obey. There's times God asks for things that you seemingly don't have or can't afford to give up. And God says, do it anyway. God is faithful. You can trust him in t- crisis times and in good times. He does not change. God is his good. So the question tonight, simple, is why do you trust him? You can trust in the smelly old game shirt, rabbit's foot, knock on wood. Or are you going to trust in the Lord, our God? Let's bow our heads for just a moment. Maybe you're here this evening and you are not right with God. You're not saved or you're not born again. Jesus Christ loves you. People trust in all sorts of things and some things aren't even bad. Money's not bad. It's just not the answer for your life. It's not the thing that's going to help you the most. What's going to help you is Jesus Christ. Being born again, saved and set free. God doing a miracle in your life and in your heart. And if you're here this evening, you're not born again, you've never asked Jesus Christ into your heart, it would be our privilege to say a simple prayer with you and for you. To invite you to allow Jesus to come into your heart. And if you're here this evening, you're not right with God and you want to pray, I wonder if that's you, I wonder if you'd slip up your hand. And say, Pastor, would you pray for me? I want to give my heart to Jesus Christ. I want God to help me. Maybe you're backslidden, away from God. You once knew Jesus. You turned away. You want to come back to Jesus. Very quickly, slip up your hand. Pastor, would you pray for me? I need to get my heart right with God. Anyone at all, very quickly. I'm going to move on in just a second. You know, we live in times of uncertainty right now. The, you know, people, if you listen to the news at all, it's 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 very depressing, some of the things that are going on. I know, personally, I can just tell you from life's experience, these things happen. I've been through bank failures, I've lived through and seen these things happen, and they do happen. And some of you are just coming to an understanding. Some of you, this might be actually affecting. But let me let you know, there's a God in heaven you can trust. And he'll get you through the good times, the difficult times. Maybe you're personally dealing with a difficult time. Your prayer shouldn't be, God, deliver me. It should be, God, let me hear your voice. Let me hear your voice speak to me that I can trust you that I can follow you that I can know the confidence and know that his voice will not contradict the word of God it's not going to be he's not going to tell you to do something that would be in violation of his word because that's a violation of his character he wouldn't do that trust in God Let's stand, open up these altars, allow people to find a place to pray. The rest of us are going to sing a song, worship his name above all wisdom. Above all power. Give him praise and thank him. Father, we do love you, God. We love you. Lord, we love you. Lord, we love you. Oh, ra 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 bo bo bo